dream that I wasn't hosting a Blazers podcast anymore. God, that was so weird. Whatever. It's going on Twitter. Check the Trailcasters account. And wait, don't have access to the account. What? That? All right. I'll check the profile. Let's see. Trailcasters hosted by Keith Feltner-Smith and Ty Delbridge? What the hell is going on? What do I have access to then? Let's see, I, I own a Twitter account called I Like the Blazers. That's the dumbest name I've ever heard. This logo is like a bee and a heart. What? It's got 26 followers. Okay, guess I got some work to do. Yo, what is up? You have found I Like the Blazers. I am your host, Brandon Goldner, and I'm excited to bring you episode number one with guest Ryan Whitledge of the Blazer Tag Podcast. Before we go into the interview, I just have to talk about couple of quick things and you know what it is it's the trailcasters we had a hundred episodes keith feltner smith and i hosting the trailcasters and it was an absolute joy but as you know i am now doing this and the trailcasters is now being hosted by keith and by ty delbridge if you're not already following them which you probably are if you're listening to this you should definitely do it they have a new format for year three. They're going to be on YouTube. They're partnering with other podcasts. They are giving away basketball cards again. They have sound effects in the show. It is so much fun to listen to. And now, just as a kind of an independent observer, it's so much fun to hear what they're already doing, what they're going to be doing. So please go follow the Trail Catchers. But I do want to talk a little bit about my experience working with Keith because it was a super important part of my life and my routine. And you know me, I'm a bleeding heart. I'm a soft guy. I like talking about myself. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief, but I did just want to say a few words before we got into anything else because it is important. And that's that I had so much fun doing that show with Keith. We did so much together. It grew so much getting to go on NBC Sports Northwest and join them as guests. He is now a producer over there. You can check him out. Well, behind the scenes anyway, you can check him out. I know that they had an episode of the Blazers Outsiders and they kind of cut to him and he's behind the board, which is dope. Uh, but I couldn't have asked for a better partner and a better friend to do that work. It meant a lot to me how much energy and time he put into every show. He would plan the show out. He would get the questions already and the structure ready. But beyond everything that he did with that, he would get guests. He would have ideas. He'd want to incorporate new things. And it's because of his energy, it's because of his ideas and his creativity and his work ethic that that show became what it was. And so it's really exciting to see him continue that with Ty. And so one last thing on this, I just want to say thank you to Keith for 100 episodes with you. Two years of having a blast talking about the Blazers. It is not going to be the same without you, I have to say. Doing a podcast by myself is a different dynamic, and it's not the same. And that's both a little bit sad and also super exciting for what I'm doing now, what you're going to be doing with Ty and the Trailcasters. So I will be watching. I'm a huge fan. And thank you to Keith. So with all of that being said, we do have Ryan Whitledge on. We're talking 25 minutes. We're going over the Blazers changes. All the players have been lost. All the players that came into the team. We talked a little bit about some NBA rule changes and some changes at the G League. Talking about Anthony Simons, Zach Collins, and the insane Western Conference. All of that and more with our guest, Ryan Whitledge of the Blazer Tag Podcast coming up right now. Ryan, appreciate you coming on on Zero Notice. 
like literally couldn't have been any less noticed, but I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Why did I get the, the message from you about nine minutes ago? It, we have to have set a land speed record for getting from the inquiry to the guests. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It was it was literally it was just me trying to figure out if I could find my headphones or not. <laughs> I think that that's uh, that's great. Headphones are are critical. So, yeah, I'm digging it. Uh, well, let me say this. You are a podcast host in your own right. Uh, I've been on your show. It was a ton of fun um, with Blazer Tag Podcast. If you haven't checked it out, do it now. You were just telling me right before we started recording that there have been some changes for your show in season three. Can you go through those really quick for folks listening? So in we've been doing this. This is, yeah, the start of our third year. Cause I, um, and we're still amazed that n- nobody has killed anyone that we're still doing it. Um, We gave ourselves 10 episodes before we quit when we first came up with the idea. But uh, we got approached in the off season by uh, Big Heads Media Network, which is a national podcast community. It's it's kind of like The Ringer in, in which it has podcasts about absolutely anything you can find. And they were trying to get a podcast for every NBA uh, basketball team. And somehow they decided that we would fit their network. We still don't fully understand that. We've told them they've made a mistake, <laughs> but they still have us. And uh, so we signed a deal with them to to join their network. And it's a little interesting because now, now there are rules that we have to follow. And as you said, you've been on our podcast and we aren't much for rules. <laughs> So uh, luckily, luckily they didn't uh, they didn't change us too much, but uh, it it's fun. We uh, we now get to do uh, we got scheduled ad reads and all that, so we will get that sweet 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 podcast ad money. Looking forward to that ninety seven cents. Ooh, ninety seven cents. I like that. Yeah, so, I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> are you the ones doing the ad reads during the podcast, or are they stitching that in after the fact? We will be the ones doing them on the podcast. Uh, they're still that's nailing. The way, by down. the way, that's the way I like to do it too. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't like having, I like saying it myself. And plus that way you get a chance to like, look at, um, whatever it is you're going to be shilling and actually kind of think about, is this something I really want to put my name behind or not? Like, do you know what kinds of things you're going to be uh, advertising for? Uh, all I know is that right now, cause they're still working on rolling out their ad package. They spent a good chunk of summer expanding their network. And, um, so we still don't know what all the ad packages I'm assuming we'll get the usual, like me undies and manscape and all that kind of stuff. Um, we do have the freedom to, if it doesn't necessarily fit our brand that we can pass on it. But as of right now, the only pre-recorded reads are for when we plug other podcasts. Because there's about 400 podcasts on this network, and everybody has a promo that we can pull from. Nice. Uh, That helps a lot. And I I wanted to go back to one thing that you said just a second ago before we pivot. You said that y'all got 10 episodes in before you pretty much gave up. I mean, how hard is it? I mean, in year three, it's not just you. It's not just you and one other person. It's you and two other people. How difficult is it to just like not wring each other's necks every 10 minutes? How do you do that? I will say uh, I'm the one that's normally attempting to wring everybody's necks, mostly Brandon. Uh, that's <laughs> us. Brandon's have a reputation, by the way, well, anyone named Brandon. Yeah, apparently, but mostly my ringing of his neck is that we record on a Sunday or Monday and I'm going, it's Thursday. Where's the episode? Yeah, no, that's like, he's the, cause he's doing the, pr- the production piece of it. 
Yeah. And so, but past that, we all kind of have our own, our dereliction of, or our own set duties. And so we kind of try not to step on each other's toes. Um, we all know how to do what everybody else does in case we need to step in and fill in. But past that, I'm, I take over coming up with the show notes, coming up with a plan, doing, doing our scripts and whatnot, guest acquisitions, and then the social media, uh, Ryan, he's the one who provides all of our equipment and everything. And we just completely redid our studio too. So we now have comfy chairs and couches in there. Oh, for real? (laughs) I wish I had come over when that had all been done because when I was there, it was, I mean, it was comfortable enough. And by the way, the alcohol makes it even more comfortable. So I actually, I take that back. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, but no, we, we have some, uh, some comfy reclining chairs in there now. Nice little table. Uh, some TVs are mounted. So it's a little more free flowing feel, but, and you then Brandon hands- in there rubbing people's shoulders. I'm sure. All the times that we dropped that rubmaps.com sponsor last year, it finally paid off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But no, oh, and man. then Brandon, Brandon handles all of the, uh, the production and editing and, and all that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, we don't step on each other's toes too much. But like I said, when, when we all drunkenly came up with the idea to start this podcast, we were like, yeah, we'll give it, we'll give it like a month before we get bored. And here we are now starting year three. So, and we've had some awesome experiences out of it. For sure. And jokes aside, the fact that you've been doing it for three years, um, I mean, says a lot about how you guys put the work in and make it happen. And it's a lot of fun. And you obviously have fun. You're doing it and it comes across. So I, I enjoy being a guest and I enjoy listening to it. Let's talk about, though, the Blazers. The I just so this is my first podcast. OK, this I like the Blazers thing. It's brand new. You're my first guest. I appreciate it. And so that means that I haven't gotten a chance to think about or talk about with anybody, really, like except for my friends and my girlfriend, who is probably sick about hearing it, to talk <laughs> about what happened with the Blazers. So I'm just going to tick through who came in and who bounced. And I just want to I, I want you to give me your impression of how good you actually think this team is. So the Blazers lost Mo Harkless, Al Camino, Evan Turner, Seth Curry, Ennis Cantor, Jake Lehman, and Myers Leonard. And that's not just a that's not just a lot of names. It's like a lot of meaningful minutes that were lost. Now they did mm-hmm. get they got Kent Bazemore, Hassan Whiteside, Mario Hazonia, Anthony Tolliver, and the ghost of Pau Gasol. Um, and you can maybe also consider retaining Rodney Hood as an addition. But with all of that being said, Ryan, are the Blazers better now than they were last year? This has been a thing that's confused me the entire offseason because I remember over the last couple seasons, uh, NBA pundits would constantly say that the Blazers needed more shooting, um, that they needed to surround Damon CJ with better playmakers, guys who you can trust to handle the ball. And then suddenly we get that. We ship out Mo Harkless, Al Camino. I understand that they were massive that they were our best defenders um wing defenders so there is a step down on that but i think what we lost on the defensive end is actually you you gain a lot more on the offensive end and when you look at the league in general that's pretty much where everyone's going so i don't understand what when I'm reading articles that are saying like, Oh, well, you know, the blazers are probably only going to have 41 wins because who's going to guard, you know, Kawhi Leonard or, or LeBron James or whatnot. I don't care. I mean, nine times out of 10, it's always one guy on a team's going off for 40. Just hold down the rest of them and score your own points. Sounds simplistic, but no, I mean, I think that's a fair take and that the NBA, like you just said, it's gone towards a more offense friendly 
structure and style. I mean, the number of points that teams are scoring is going up. The efficiency is going up. And so maybe it is as the Blazers intend to outgun people with their offense. But I mean, about the defense piece with Aminu and Harkless, do you think it's possible that Rodney Hood and Kent Bazemore, and I know that they're smaller, but do you think that they could be like reasonable facsimiles for what Aminu and Harkless brought on defense? Is that something that you're looking forward to maybe happening? Uh, it would be extremely nice if it does happen. Bazemore, I don't know. I I guess I just haven't watched enough of his game. So he's he's going to be the one that I'm going to have to try to keep an eye on. Hood, I, I he seems to be able to hold his own defensively. He's he's quick. He's he's feisty. He can keep a guy in front of him. And sometimes in the NBA, that's all you need to be able to do is just stay in front of your man. So well, and about Rodney Hood. He has had a weird career, right? Because when he was in Utah, he was a starter. It looked like he was going to be a solid NBA player. And then he, you know, joined the Cavs and sort of petered around a little bit. I'm just wondering if maybe this could possibly be an example. And there's someone else that might fall in this category, too, that we're going to talk about in a second. But whether Rodney Hood might benefit from whatever, like, magic Terry Stotts sauce seems to be injected in the veins of players who come to the team, even Mo Harkless and Alfred Camino, both of them played way better when they got here. I mean, is it possible that Rodney hood just becomes magically the player that people thought he was going to be when he was playing in Utah? Maybe not the player that people thought he was going to be in Utah, but definitely more on that end of the scale than what he was in Cleveland. And I think him making the choice in the off season to stay with the blazers, um, is, is kind of proof of that, that magical Terry sauce or Terry stops sauce. Wow. That's a hard statement. Stott Don't ever make sauce. me say that. Yeah. I want to see a bottle of stop sauce in your bag. Yeah, no, that's tough. <laughs> We're professional but, podcasts here. Exactly. But, uh, but no, I, I expect him to kind of pick up where he left off at the tail end of last season. Now, now he'll have, the whole off season, study the playbook. He'll have a training camp full year to get integrated and, and what he did in the limited time he was here last year impressed me. And so I expect him to expand upon it. If he turns out to be the player, everyone thought he would be when he was in Utah. Fantastic. Yeah. Now I'm with you on that. And let me get your opinion. So we rattled off a bunch of names. I'm going to throw in a couple others, uh, not just about the players that the, the Blazers got, but also players who expect to, play a bigger role in this next season, Anthony Simons and Zach Collins. So Ryan Whitledge among Simons and Collins, and then all the other people that we talked about, Bazemore, Whiteside, Hazonia, Tolliver Gasol. Is there any one or two of those players that you think will either overperform past play experience or overperform expectations or just one or two of those people that you think will be particularly useful for the Blazers this year? So we just on our, our first show of the season, we did our preseason roster rankings and uh, I got some side eye from the guys. Cause I had the fourth most important person on this roster as uh, Zach Collins. Oh, tell me about with, it. With Nurk being out um, with Olshay having, I don't know if he's still going to stand by this, but having previously called him a, a franchise cornerstone. Um, if he can make that the, the leap in his game of just, thinking through things better, um, not fouling as much, uh, him combined with white side on the interior for defense. That's, that's going to be interesting. I mean, white side even had a quote that, you know, pairing those two down on the block is, is going to be insane, but he's the player that I think, um, 
can probably outperform his expectations a little bit. And I think part of that is because we had higher expectations of him coming into last season, just with how O'Shea had talked about him. So now we're kind of looking at him a little more realistically. And I think he can maybe, you know, outperform that. Anthony Simons, I think he might be, he might be getting a little too hyped. I hope I'm wrong on that, but uh, I think people are getting a little too up on him right now. And I'm worried that he won't necessarily be able to deliver to the level that people want to see. I want to go back to that in just a second, but let's hang on Collins for one more beat. Uh, You mentioned his play with Whiteside and what that could potentially do. And I'm just, I want to think through something and tell me what you think about this. Terry Stotts has treated his centers in a pretty traditional way on defense, right? Drop back. Don't try to defend the perimeter. Don't try to do too much. That kind of style seems to benefit Whiteside and Collins in particular. And if you're projecting their starting lineup, are you seeing Whiteside and Collins starting to begin the year? And could that provide like an effective defensive backstop for if the guards get a little leaky and let people get around them? But having Collins and Whiteside there, do you project those two to be the starters to begin the season? I guess I should just ask that. Yes, I do. Uh, there's, I've heard talk that Hazonia and apparently NBA 2K thinks Hazonia is going to be a starting four. Um, I, <laughs> Whatever I NBA 2K says goes, we know that. Yeah, and so I do not agree with that. I, I project them being uh, being the starters and having them to um, kind of patrol the rim is going to be amazing. But same point in time, uh, I think Zach has will have a little more leeway to roam and kind of get out on the perimeter. He's he's long and he's quick, and he's had some good sense for blocking guys out even on the three point line. So if he can continue to have that quick recovery, that's that's going to be a great defensive asset to the Blazers paired with Whiteside. I thought that too. When you watch Collins play, he has good footwork and he's quick enough laterally. It's not like he's a slow poke. Yeah. Whiteside, if he's out on the perimeter guarding anyone, um, I might start screaming at the TV, but <laughs> that would be bad. I mean, that that's not going to be good. If we see Whiteside floating out to three on defense, that's not what we want to yeah. see. Uh, one more quick I thing. Don't on- wanna, I don't want to see him out there on offense either. I don't care what that off season workout video <laughs> said. I, I don't buy those things one bit. Maybe when he said we got shooters, he was talking about himself. Uh, <laughs> one more quick thing about Whiteside. And then I want to talk about Anthony Simons. Whiteside. <laughs> it's his contract year. Do you think that he plays a little bit better this year? Maybe it's a different system. It's a different culture. He's friends with Damon CJ. It's a new team. He knows he's got his contract is up. Do you think that he plays maybe a little bit better this year than he has in years past? Absolutely. Because he also has a reputation to mend because as it's been sold, it's, he was kind of shipped out of Miami because, you know, he, he was kind of a malcontent and didn't work hard. And so he's got wait that for him to leave. I mean, they seriously exactly. were super stoked about it. Exactly. And so I'm normally excited for any player in a contract year, but I'm doubly excited when it's a player in a contract year who has a reputation to mend. So I expect him to be on his best P's and Q's and put up probably one of the best seasons of his career. I would be, and I'd be so hyped on that. The sad part is sad part is, is that most of us expect him to not hang around after the trade deadline depending on how Nurk is when he comes back. So if he's playing at that level, then that's a fun question for Olshay of, do you keep him and let that contract just walk out the door at the end of the season? Or do you kind of sacrifice whatever kind of great play he's giving you and just say, okay, but Nurk's back. So we're going to go with this. Well, there's a whole 
another like podcast worth of content that we could get into about potential trade partners and who the Blazers might want to get back in a deal like that. But we're going to leave that for another day. Uh, Anthony Simons, you said a minute ago, you think he might be too hyped. Why do you think that? And why do you hate Anthony Simons, sir? I don't hate the man. Let's not put, I don't, I don't need the, the internet aggregators coming after me for hating Anthony Simons. He's got, (laughs) he's got a beautiful logo too, by the way. I, I I might have to buy some ant gear. Um, I know. I love that. It's so awesome. I'm down with it. And plus he's, I mean, not lucky, but it's dope that you have like a built-in emoji on your keyboard that also is an ant. And I've been using that to describe Anthony Simons, uh, kind of a lot this off season. So yeah, no good branding from his team. (laughs) Exactly. But, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of torn on this cause I try not to buy when an executive or a coach comes out and tells you how awesome this guy is in practice. And then we're like, Oh, but we never get to see him on the court unless it's blowout time or game 82 of last year. Um, remember how much that- Mike Rice ha- hyped up Alan Crabb in his first year. I will never forget that. Mm-hmm. I thought Alan Crabb was like the second coming of like Jerry Stackhouse or something based on how Mike Rice is talking about him. And I'm fairly certain that Alan Crabb probably sent sent Mike Rice a fruit basket when he got that contract extension because all of he, he was leading that hype train. <laughs> oh but yeah. The fact that Damon CJ are talking good things about Anthony Simons um, makes me kind of curious on okay, can he deliver? Um, he's going to be given the minutes, I believe, right away. Um, and now we have the new conundrum as well of who is Stotts gonna gonna have the shortest leash with now that Myers isn't there. Um, but it's just. I don't know. There's just way too much talk out there of him being the next big thing, especially with this team that I don't, I think maybe people are setting their expectations higher than what they should. If he can give us just what Seth Curry did last year, I think that is a perfect like line of demarcation for him. But I'm also worried that if that's what he gives us, people are going to think that he's underperforming. I do think that there is something to be said, and maybe it's just that I've been paying attention, that I have personally never heard so much positive, totally unabashedly effuse praise about a young player that seems like if I were Anthony Simons, I'd be like, whoa, everybody slow your roll because what if I can't live up to expectations? But mm-hmm. I, this is, I have not heard this much coming from the team. And if you listen to the Rip City report with Casey Hold on, Joe Freeman, Casey was talking about too behind <coughs> the scenes. It's not just something that's being reported by people. And of course, he's a reporter, he works for the team. So maybe that's a moot point. But yeah. if you take him at his word, he is, he's like, no, they are genuinely stoked about this guy. And the comparison to Seth Curry, I mean, they're different players. The thing that I'm wondering is, so if Anthony Simons is your backup point guard, I just don't know how many minutes there are really going to be for him. And and I mean, you have Dame and CJ who are all already kind of close enough in, in skill and in size that I just don't honestly see how there are going to be enough minutes for him to shine as much as he would on a different team that might need a guard more than the Blazers do. Yeah, and... I don't know. I'm thinking we might end up seeing it right away, probably within the first couple games of the season. I'm, I'm expecting to see Anthony come out and play the point. And if that doesn't start working out as well, we're going to see more of that stagger with Dame and CJ and CJ kind of handling that point. Maybe Anthony running off ball a little more playing the two guard spot. Um, but I don't know. It's just for me, I, for lack of a better term, I get flashbacks to like Martel Webster. We heard great things about him. And how many times did we want to wring our hands 
I, I, yeah, I remember being in some Blazers Edge forums, and some people were like, this is the second coming of Michael Jordan, and that was a little extreme, as it turned out. I yeah. haven't, haven't heard anything about that about Simon, so I guess that's good. Uh, I, have heard, I have heard some comparisons of Dwayne Wade. You can, find, I, you can find that in the yeah. deep dark of the internet. So I think that's just a little quick. I mean, if Anthony Simons can be a productive rotation player, I think that's a win. And again, I just, the way that the Blazers are set up structurally with Damon CJ, I just don't know where there's room for him. Like, let's say that he is just this incredible borderline all-star or better player. How is he going to become that in Portland? I just, I don't see how that happens, but uh, let me ask you just a couple uh, rapid fire is a wrong term, but just a couple quick questions. The Blazers, lots of change. They're good. Maybe they're better than last year. Maybe they're not. The West got way better. Uh, here's a hot takey question. Do the Blazers make the playoffs? Yes. I got them slotted probably about fourth. Okay. So you have them with home court too. Yes. And so, so, okay, really quick. Give me your top, give me your top four. Then you got, you got the Clippers, Lakers, and then who? The Rockets, maybe? Uh, Lakers are not in my top four. Oh. I got Lakers slotted for seventh or eighth. Oh, wow. Okay, that's another podcast worth of content, too. I'll just hold that there. So who's the other team in your top four? So I have Clippers, uh, Utah, and Denver ahead oh, of the Blazers. Wow. Okay. Now that makes sense, man. This West is just going to be nuts. And I wish that we had more time to get into it right now, but we will at some point for sure. I mean, you got the warriors, you got the nuggets, you got the jet. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. I, uh, I think the Blazers make the playoffs, but it's going to be uncomfortable. And I don't think that they get home court. Um, and obviously an injury either way could, could swing that for any one of these teams. But yeah, it's spooky. Um, speaking of spooky, the G league is doing a very spooky experiment for Halloween. Is that, can I do that? It's October almost. No, um, they, you gotta <laughs> wait a week. You gotta wait a week. Damn it. I've already bought so many bags of candy though. Um, and it's not for trick-or-treaters, that's for me. Uh, the G League is experimenting with having one free throw shot for any trip to the line, regardless of if it's a two or a three. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely idiotic. Yeah, it's dumb, isn't it? I think it's it's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard of. And I can't remember. Were they going to make it so that if it was a foul on a three-point shot, that it would count as three points on the single free throw? I believe that is the intent, yes. That makes it even more idiotic in my mind. And so, and, and the, the reason given was to speed up the game. I honestly have never been watching free throws been like, man, I wish those free throws would go by faster. That's not what does it for me. It's the reviews. It's the TV timeouts. It just seems like it's a, it's a bad solution in search of a problem that doesn't exist. I really hope that doesn't make its way to the NBA. I know that oftentimes these rule changes are kind of like trial balloons for the NBA to try something in the preseason or summer league or something. I just, I don't want to see that. I think that's super odd too. Um, yeah. Cause especially if you get into the instance of, you know, a team's down by two, they foul a three point shooter and the guy goes to the line. Um, I don't think that if he makes one, he should automatically get the three points. Yeah, no, not at all. And the same that, way, that, it's like if you miss one, why do you get to lose out on two points? It's because you missed one. It's just, it's dumb. Exactly. And so you, you I, I, yeah, I don't see that lasting. They, they can test that all they want. Just keep that out of my, my NBA. <laughs> I, I honestly don't even understand how it got to the G League. And another thing that's <sighs> dumb is the NBA has banned those ninja headbands, which I'm sure that you guys have already talked about at some point. But just, just a quick quote from the NBA on this. 
Uh, they said that it's not part of the NBA uniform, hasn't been through the approval process. And this is my favorite part. They say that teams have raised concerns regarding the safety and consistency of size, length, and how they are tied. Bullshit. What, yeah, what, then, what team has said that? Yeah, because then it's no different. Look at Kenneth Free. He's had dreads for how long? He's got a full ponytail hanging out the back of his head. If if a the tie of a um, of a headband is going to be dangerous, save because it can get yanked on by another player, or if they fall, they can you know hit that spot where it's tied and hurt their head. Well, then great, guys shouldn't be allowed to have ponytails, man buns, long hair, anything like that. And for them to come out and say that it, it because it wasn't an approved part of the uniform, then why did they let it go on for so long last year? The yeah, first I mean, guy that wore one should have gotten fined and told to take it off by the refs at that point in time for wearing an unapproved uniform. If it was so unsafe, why didn't they do anything about it during this season when they could have? And they did. Yeah. They did address that. They said something effective. Oh, we didn't want to shake things up during the season. But that's just I mean, I eh, bull. I don't buy it. I don't buy it either. I'm not a fan of that. I want to see people wearing those ninja headbands. I would like to see somebody uh, protest and wear it like LeBron James as a Photoshop on Instagram, him wearing one, like it wasn't actually during a game, but I would love to see that happen. Uh, but come on, NBA, get your shit together. Um, yeah, they, they can glue it to LeBron's head with his hairpiece. There we go. Yeah. His hair's looking fresh, man. That hairline is, <laughs> has done some work. Um, all right. Well, with that, that's about all we got for now. Uh, Ryan Whitledge of the blazer tag podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on on short notice. Uh, are there any parting shots or final things before the season starts? Cause you're going to be back on at some point, but just probably not before the season starts. There's there anything else that you want to say either about yourself or the team or just anything else you have, you have the floor to say whatever you want. Just don't talk about me. All right. Well, I, I, I want your, I got two things real quick. Uh, the one thing I want your opinion on this, cause I'm getting berated for a bet that I already made. And I bet that with all the shakeups in the West, I think they're going to can a lot of teams are going to cannibalize each other. And I bet I with both Brandon and Ryan that there will be only one 50 win team in the West. Oh yeah. I want Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm totally with you on that. I have thought the same Welcome thing to you being the first person to join me on this train. Seriously. Well, I mean, that's, yes, I'm just, I mean, just look at the math. If you have that many good teams and they're playing mm -hmm. each other more often because they're in the same conference, what else can happen? I mean, the, exactly. The, the only thing that you could say is that there might be like two or three of the, like I could see a universe in which the Warriors are like secretly, weirdly better than we think they're going to be before Clay Thompson gets back and then he comes back or they trade D'Angelo Russell for somebody and then they're super good. So, but yeah, I think with so many good teams, I think that's not only a fair take, I also think that is what's going to happen. So yeah, I'm totally with you on that. What was the yeah, bet? I think uh, I got a six pack to each of them. So okay. if there's two, if there's two, they at least gave me a push. But my, my thinking is, is that the Clippers will probably be the only 50 win team. And if the nuggets jazz and blazers are going to be as good as I think they are same division, that's going to be them going head to head a lot. If those are the top four teams in the West, then okay. I'm not seeing enough wins to go around to make more than maybe two 50 win teams. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of 49s, 48s, and 47s. When people yeah. when people talk about, well, how can you say the Blazers won't get 50 wins? It's not 
like the number of wins is some perfect determinant of how talented your team is, your wins are in comparison to other teams. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a thousand percent with you on that. Yeah, exactly. So if you win, so, I, I deserve some of that beer is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Well, I think you still owe somebody a six pack from last season. Oh, so. I thought my former co-host paid that off. <laughs> He may or may not have. I cannot remember, but so when <laughs> when uh, podcast co-hosts break up, do the debts? I guess the debts just return to the person who incurred them. So I guess it's back on me. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, only other thing I got is just just my usual plugs. As you said, Blazer Tag Podcast. Uh, check us out. Uh, we're recording. I think every Monday. So our stuff, if Brandon's on his shit, should be up every Tuesday ish. Um, other than that, you can now soon to be you'll find me uh, writing for off the glass covering the Blazers for them. So nice. You can check out my work there. They've uh, they've been on my butt about why I haven't written in the off season. I'm like, there's nothing to write about. <laughs> I was like, I can give you like a hundred word article if you want, but <laughs> yeah, I am still like 70% done with a piece about the 2000 Western conference finals, which tells you how little there is to write about. I just, I can't bring myself to actually write about like the headbands or the free throw rule. It's just, I don't know. Um, exactly. There's nothing enough that piques the interest. It, well, I'll, I got a season preview piece I'm working on for them, and that'll be coming out shortly. But there you that, go. that'll be my debut. So those are the places you can find me. Right on. And by the season keeps getting longer and longer. We have preseason games coming up in like three days, which is wild. But all right, with that, Ryan Whitledge, again, thank you very much. Appreciate you joining. Oh, no problem. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. I'm just glad that my headphones were uh, charged enough to make this happen. So am I, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again to our guest, Ryan Whitledge. And it is wild to think that we're only a couple days away from preseason. I think the Rockets take on some other team on the 3rd of October today, recording day being the 29th of September. So we're getting really close to the NBA season, which seems to get larger and larger as the NBA figures out how to incorporate rest and just player management into the schedule, but not wanting to give up those 82 games. Uh, we are almost back to Blazers basketball, and that means that we're going to be having questions all year. We appreciate everybody who wrote in. As we did this week, we will continue. If you follow us at I Like the Blazers on Twitter, and you look for a tweet that's going to have a pick for a basketball card, and you follow us, and you retweet it, and you reply with a question, you will A, get on the podcast, and B, be entered to win that card today. The card is an Anthony Simons rookie card, and I'm stoked to give this away. And so, with that, Let's get into our questions. The first one up from D Kendall at Smith Rock Avenger asks favorite iteration of Dame's shoes. For me, I think it's a Dame fours, but I did walk down the aisle of my wedding in a pair of the ones. Wow. Walking down the aisle of your wedding in Dame's. That is unbelievable. That is a level of commitment that I don't have and actually super, super cool. My favorite has, I mean, okay. So today when I play basketball, I had the Dame 5 Sugar G's. It's those mint green ones. You know what they look like. Very distinctive. I really, really like the fives. They're extremely comfortable. But for my money, the Dame 2s, those are my favorite. I know that they maybe weren't as original of design. I know there are people like Nate Jones who is involved with uh, Damian Lillard and Adidas stuff 
has said that from the Dame threes on, the, the designs have been more distinctive and that the twos were, for his money, maybe a little pedestrian. But I really like the twos. They were solid. They were well-made. The price point was solid, and they fit really, really well. So for me, it's the twos. But i got to say, I, the fives are really growing on me. So going to be between the, the fives and the twos for me. Am I getting that right? Are those the fours or the – oh, geez. Uh, now I have to look. Yeah. The threes. Yeah, I have. A, okay. Sorry. I'm confusing myself in the podcast. The, the ones I don't have, I have two pairs of the twos. I have one pair of the threes. I didn't get any of the fours, but I have that the one pair of the five. So yeah, it's, it's between the twos and the fives for me. All right. <laughs> Next question from look at this dog at apocalypse plucks. Who will sink more threes next season? Anthony Simons or Zach Collins. I'm going to go with Simons on this. Uh, as I talked about with Ryan and as he mentioned, Simons is being hyped up quite a bit, whether or not that's too much hype or whether it's undeserving or whether it's going to be too much pressure that is remains to be seen. But I think that he's going to get the opportunity, going to get the minutes. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Simons have a somewhat of a breakout year. And the Blazers are also depending on Collins to have if not like a, a breakout breakout year, but to show improvement. So actually really good question, but I'm going to go with Simons on that one from positively Portland at rip city showtime asks blazers in six or seven or which triple double does Whiteside record first points, rebounds and blocks or points, rebounds and assists. Uh, Blazers in six or seven. I hope that you're talking about not the finals. Uh, if you're talking first round, I'll take them in six. The West is going to be brutal though, but yeah, I, I can, the Blazers could get past the first round this year, even with the West being what it is. Um, and as for Whiteside, uh, his triple double coming with either blocks or assists. History shows it's going to be blocks. He's had triple doubles with blocks before, and he's not known for his passing. Although there have been centers who've come into the Blazers system and have become much better passers to the come to mind immediately. Mason Plumley and Yusuf Nurkic. Both of those guys were not particularly adept passers before they got into Sots' system. And, and now, or at least when they were in Portland showed that they could do that. So uh, with Whiteside though, I'm going to go with blocks rather than assists. Uh, next question from 2-0 DK season at Love Rip City. How many wins for the season this year? As Ryan and I talked about, and not to be a broken record about it, but we did talk about some of these topics, which is pretty cool. I think the Blazers will be in the 40s. Wouldn't be surprised if they were around 46, 45, 47. And again, maybe in a quote-unquote normal year, that would feel a little low, and I get that. But the West being so difficult... The Lakers, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Warriors, the Spurs, the ba 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 I think that somewhere in the mid-40s is really nothing to shake a stick at. Um, so that, that's, my, that's my feeling on it. Uh, next one up from Matthew at Reverend Romulus out of Mario Bazemore or Whiteside. Who will be the biggest Blazers cult hero this year? That's a great question. There is always a player, maybe even two, that Blazers fans like myself get irrationally attached to. I think it's going to be Mario Hazonia. He's already shown his his uh, his proficiency with Twitter. You may have seen that friend of the team, uh, an Emmy award-winning comedy writer, Ian Carmel, tweeted about Mario Hazonia and getting a jersey, and Mario uh, replied back that he would they would hook Ian up with the jersey. So I mean, it's it's just stuff like that. 
I, I think Mario, Mario Hazonia is going to be a fan favorite. And by the way, he was a lottery pick. He was expected to be a really, really good player in this league. And he's not really that old yet. And think about the franchises he's played for Orlando, New York. He has an opportunity, to, an opportunity to do so much more here than he has so far. And I think that that combined with his personality will make him a cult hero here in Portland. Next question from Damian Lillard, Brazil at Lillard BR. Do I like the Blazers? Nah, I love I feel you on that. I feel the same way. Even though the podcast may be called I Like the Blazers, I definitely, it's a strong like. Uh, next question from Trenton Likes Sports at Sports Trenton. Which small forward will be the most productive this season? That is a billion-dollar question. Whether Rodney Hood plays small forward or not, whether Bazemore really steps up, whether you see a ton from Hazonia, for example, if that's where he's going to play, or Nasir Little, which I, you know, his development I think is going to take some time. I think if you say Rodney Hood is a small forward, which he's not, but he may have to play there, I'd say Rodney Hood. For natural position, you know, again, it's 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 this is a tough question. I, I think the Blazers losing Harkless and Aminu does hurt them at that position, and they do need a small forward. Uh, I'm gonna go with Rodney Hood playing out of position is is gonna be my answer there. Um, hopefully, that's not too much of a cop out. Next question from Jeff at Jeff underscore Portland. How many minutes per game do you think Anthony's gonna average? His guess is 18. Everything is setting up for it to be more than that, but I don't see where all of those minutes are going to come from. As I discussed with our guests using that term again, as Ryan and I talked about with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum duplicating some of the same skills, being the same size, being able to guard the similar positions. They're both guards. Anthony Simon's also a guard. I don't know where all those minutes are going to come from. If he really is going to be his best, but all of that being said, I think it's going to be more than 18. I think he's going to get 25 minutes a game. That wouldn't surprise me. And depending on his play, that could tick up or down, but I'd say 25 is not totally out of the question. And then our last question from Amicus 503 at Jiggity 503. Besides Dame, who is the next player to become an all-star? Safe money's on CJ McCollum. Dark horse is on Yusuf Nurkic. The dark, dark horse would be on someone like Simons or Collins, as you hear my cat Zora screaming in the background for more food because she's always hungry. Uh, it's it, CJ McCollum is, is, is the safe bet and, and probably the proper bet on that. So with that, I, again, appreciate all of the questions. Again, if you go to Twitter and follow us at I Like the Blazers, look for the tweet that asks for your retweet and your questions and your follows, and you can enter to win a Blazers card. As I see now, Zora is being trucked in over to I Like the Blazers Central. She's not going to cry for the microphone as much as we might want her to because she does not meow on command. What a good cat. With that, all the questions, I got to add them up now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine questions. We're going to go to Google's random number generator to pick the winner. Minimum one, maximum nine. Going to hit that generate button. I have Cassie here to witness. And the number is eight. It is eight. And that means that the person who wins the Anthony Simons, thank you for that contribution. The person who wins the Anthony Simons rookie card is Jeff at Jeff Portland. I'm going to be sliding directly into your DMs and you're getting this card. We ship your home free of charge. I appreciate all of you so much. Thank you for participating and thank you for following the show. And with all of that, I don't think I have much else. This is episode number one, one of many. I've had fun with our guests. I've had fun answering the questions and in general, 
look, I like the Blazers, and I, I have to be honest right now, I don't really have a set intro and outro, so I'm not exactly sure how I'm getting out of this, but all of this is to say, let me put a plug. Here, here's a good podcaster do. They put they put plugs for their own work. Please go to ilikeTheBlazers.com. You will find a mobile-friendly, ad-free site that doesn't have any writing quite yet, but it will soon. My first piece will be a retrospective on the 2000 Western Conference Finals, as I discuss with Ryan one more time. Um, that was a heartbreaking series if you were a Blazers fan back in that day, but I think it's interesting to write about, and so I'll be doing that. There will be original writing there and podcasts. I don't know what else is to come, but go to ilikeTheBlazers.com. Follow us at ilikeTheBlazers on Twitter. You can always email us at ilikeTheBlazers at gmail.com. It is a simplistic name. It is an easy-to-remember name. It is not the most creative name, but it is the name of the show. And with that, I'm your host, Brandon. Thank you all. Until next time, see you soon.